Hey everybody, this is Dr. Bill Janishak and welcome to the Conquering Stress Podcast. And today I'm so excited. You know, we talk about the stress, you know, so if you're listening to this, you've probably been dealing with stress. You're trying to look for tips, tricks, and tactics to help you get over things. So today I'm really excited because um, I, I met this guy and he's an attorney. Okay. So don't turn it off yet, okay? He's an attorney, but he's a good guy. And he had started a, uh, a negotiation how-to and stuff for us to teach us how. And I, and I was thinking, I'm going, how many times do we get stressed out during negotiations? Everybody, like I said, I've always said, everybody is in sales. And if you're in sales, you're doing negotiation. You're either negotiating with your kids, your boss, something. And the more I talked to this guy, he's fascinating. And um, I thought we got to get him on the podcast because this is really applicable to what you do. So like I said, we're always trying to fill up our toolboxes on things to conquer stress, not just mitigate the stuff. It's not a warm bath, but if you can take one or two little skills and put them in your box and it decreases your level of stress or your ability to deal with stress 5%, and we start stacking those things, it really starts to add up. So without further ado, I want to introduce Robert Freeman. Robert, how are you doing? I'm fine, Dr. Bill. It's a real pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Thank you. Well, I, I'm excited because, like I said, we were having a conversation off uh, before we started the recording, and I'm just like, this is just really cool stuff and already I'm thinking we got to have you back for a follow-up because we started going down you know we just started talking about negotiations and then there's so much other stuff that you bring to the table that we'll have to dig in so um, everybody listening if you're not driving you're not working out uh, I would highly encourage you just to grab a pencil and paper and just jot down some notes but uh, first off Robert go ahead and tell us something about yourself and your attorney uh, Judge, what's your story, dude? Well, first of all, the fact that this is a, uh, a program on how to deal with stress and the first words you say are, this is an attorney, everybody's stress <laughs> level went way up. <laughs> so, uh, and thank you for having me, Bill. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be here. And um, I'm a recovering attorney. I, man, I've, I've been a litigator. I've litigated everything from medical malpractice to I've done business litigation, security litigation, and um, did it for 22 years. I did it for two uh, in two jurisdictions, both here in California and in Las Vegas. And when I was in Las Vegas, I was a mediator for the Supreme Court of Las Vegas. Uh, I did a lot of work on the foreclosure, the housing bubble that collapsed. And man, you talk about a bunch of stress there. Holy smokes. And uh, I was also uh, chairman for the commission. On, and this is going to shock people and people are going to laugh. But yes, folks, there is a state bar of Nevada ethics commission. <laughs> and I was, I was the chairman of that commission. And holy smokes, I understand why people are very uh, hesitant to work with attorneys, especially out there in the Wild West. So a uh, lot of great stories, met a lot of great people. But, you know, we, um, we move forward and we try to, try to leave the world a better place than we found it. So um, I, as we were talking about, I had that big case in Nevada. And when I came back to California, here's the irony. I mean, kind of, I kind of lost my, my taste for the law. We were dealing with some really uh, unsavory characters. Uh, the rot went very deep. I pissed off a lot of very powerful people. 
Fortunately for me, I made a lot more, more powerful friends. Came back to California and I realized, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I don't like being an attorney anymore. So I kind of withdrew from that. I bought a martial arts academy, went the business route. And here's the irony that while I lost my taste for the law and kind of dropped out of being a litigator, um, I kind of found my way to the bench and I'm a pro tem judge in Los Angeles County. So that's the irony that I lost my, my taste for courtrooms and the law and the drama and the, the adversarial and boy, every single day, my clients don't call me and say, wow, Robert, everything's going awesome. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know, I couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. I don't get those phone calls. My phone rings. Sometimes I cringe. It's so bad. So I got out of that. Don't like it. It's not for me anymore. I want to build. I want to do things positive. I want to make the world a better place. And not do it from a position of battle, but do it from a position of, of love and respect and, you know, that type of thing. And so, yeah, I'm taking the path of being a judge. Well, that, that's the interesting thing. And I think that's what really why I wanted to have you on here, because you're taking, you're, you're taking the negotiation skills. And, and, you know, when we talk about negotiation, um, you know, you're you're trying to work out a deal. You're trying to work out something unfavorable. And we don't really think about negotiations on our daily lives and how it, it can stress us out. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the credit card bills, the, you know, cable bills, the, the kids, uh, housing, cars, and, and things like that. So we got one of these guys who's, 22 years in experience, top level, has the skill set, and now you're taking your knowledge and you're teaching it to everyday people. Uh, I mean, how's that going? I'm, I'm, well, I mean, it's very well received, of course, because uh, a lot of times people, once they listen to the seminar, or they, they have a conversation with me, they realize that, oh my gosh, my four-year-old is negotiating with me. I negotiate on a daily basis. My, you know, my personal favorite is when you know, my daughter was very young. She's like, you know, can I have that cookie? And I said, no, no, I can't have that cookie. We're about to have dinner. She says, okay. All right, well, can I have the cookie now? I said, no, you can have it later. Well, okay, it's later. Can I have the cookie now? And in, in negotiations, we call that the broken record. There's, there's so many tactics that you can use in negotiations. And I'm not talking about tactics. I'm talking about uh, the five pillars of negotiation, but that four-year-old child is is wired to negotiate, and the broken record. Can I have a cookie? 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 Fine. If it will shut you up, here's your cookie. It's a tactic. So everybody negotiates. And when I was a young man, I was a professional pi a price fighter. I was a K1 fighter. I know, I know. I'm so young and pretty. How is that possible? <laughs> uh, I'm gl I'm glad we're on podcast. They can't see me. <laughs> uh, but I worked my way through, through my master's program as a bouncer. You know, the economy had tanked and uh, I needed to keep money coming in for school. And so I worked Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all night, every night at the, at the club in Manhattan Beach, at the downtown club in L.A., at the, you know, the strip club, their elegance, wherever I could get a job. And yeah, I mean, people look at us and yeah, you're just hired insurance and you're hired muscle and blah, 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 blah. But what do we do? We negotiate. Because the good bouncers, I mean, we're security. We're not bouncers. You got to have the bouncers. 
but we're negotiating with people. We want to remove the problem because we have a business to run and our job is to protect the patrons and to protect the business. So even somebody like a bouncer that most people think, yeah, that's just a guy walking his way from school or, you know, that's just a meathead, whatever, whatever. Our primary job duty is to negotiate all the way from a bouncer, all the way up to the president of the United States. Everybody negotiates. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. Everything you do throughout the day, there is some amount of negotiation. And some people say, yeah, everything's a negotiation. So if you think you're not negotiating, ask that little four-year-old, ask that bouncer, exactly. ask, ask the president. Of course, we always negotiate, right? That, that's interesting. So, and then you came up with an acronym that kind of make it this. Can, can you run through the five pillars? So, absolutely. The part where you guys but, grab your pencils and take, take the notes because you're going to notice how you show up. And when, when you're negotiating, you're thinking negotiating, you can keep track of that with, with your notes. So, go ahead. Uh, and before we start, let me give credit where credit is due. I would love to say that, yeah, in my brilliance, I came up with the acronym. I did not. I had numerous conversations with our mutual friend, Bob Donnell and Flo, and we went through it and discussed it and kind of honed it down. And while Bob and I were talking about, you know, how we're going to do it, and what we're going to present, what's important and what works. And, you know, Bob Donnell's phenomenal. Flo was the one that came up with that. And she says, here it is, Robert. And so she shared it with me and I loved it. And now I'm going to share it with your listeners. So to negotiate like that. So the... The people that I, I think it was episode eight, Bob, Bob Donnell is for you new listeners or you haven't done that. Bob Donnell is a human behaviorist and unbelievable at what he does. And Flo, uh, Mina, who you had mentioned, she owns a successful <coughs> um, farm girls edibles and, uh, a, you know, uh, an entrepreneur just kind of started out at the, I, out of her kitchen and unbelievable. Her peanut brittle that she makes is like crack. Uh, <laughs> with, not, not, with, with peanuts. <laughs> yes. And, um, and, and the jams and jelly. Just to kind of give a context. Uh, so this had come out of an, an entrepreneurial talk that you would, you'd have. And exactly, exactly. So that's awesome. So I just want to fill uh, the listeners in. Like I said, I think it was episode eight. Bob Donnell, but go, go ahead, Robert. Yeah. And I, and I met Bob when I was a mentor, a student mentor for their entrepreneurship program at Cal State Fullerton. He's just an amazing human being. And when you said, you know, they're unbelievable, you were like channeling slice to long because they're unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, the acronym that Flo came up with and I, and I loved it. Uh, and I'm going to share it with your listeners. Uh, you know, you negotiate like an attorney, you have to learn to speak like an attorney and that's the acronym speak S P E A K. And it's, they're really straightforward pillars and you've got to have all five of them. If you don't have all five of them, then you're not negotiating like an attorney. You are going to leave money on the table. So let's get to it. The first one is S, speak, S-P-E-A-K, S, start at the finish line. You got to start at the finish line in order to negotiate like an attorney. Now, what does that mean? We've all been to track meets. We see how they start at one place. They run around the track and they finish at the same spot. When you start at the finish line, you've got to know what you want. You've got to know, you know what you're looking for and where you're going to go. And i got a couple of uh, quotes that I love sharing with people when we're talking about this. Uh, people think that it's about the money. It's never about the money. 
It's about your health. It's about your relationships. It's about what money can do for you. It's never about the money itself. And I do this every day for my client. Starting at the finish line, you've got to know what do you want. You've got to know your adversary. Who are you negotiating against? And the, the, the reference that I love to use for this one is Sun Tzu. And some of you out there know who Sun Tzu was. Art some of, of you don't. Uh, exactly. Art of War. That's exactly what it is. And I can't say he's one of my mentors because he's been dead for like 3,000 years. But he was a Chinese general, strategist, and philosopher. And he wrote The Art of War. And The Art of War was, was a doctrine. It was a book about the strategy of military conflict. And back in those days, I would take my army and I would throw it at your army. And then you would take your army and you would throw it back at me. And you kind of roll the bones. Who's going to win? We don't know. And Sun Tzu said, look, you can strategize. There is military strategy involved. And starting at the finish line is no different. You know your adversary. You know where you're going. And the quotation that I love to use from Sun Tzu is this. And I'm going to read it so I get it exactly right. Although he probably said it in Chinese. The translation is, <laughs> the translation is, if you know your adversary and you know yourself, then you need not fear the results of a hundred battle, of a hundred battles. So if you know where you want to end up, I can get you there. You've got to know the deal. You've got to know your adversary. You've got to know yourself. You've got to know, you know, what are you willing to give up in order to get that deal done? And, um, when Bob and I were talking about this, he said to me, and I agree with him, he says, you know, I, I can't believe I'm at this stage in my life. You know, here I am, uh, experienced litigator, uh, negotiate every day for a living. I'm a grown-up. And I'm quoting Alice in Wonderland. And <laughs> here's the quote that I love. And, and most people out there think they know this quote. And I researched that and got the exact quote. Alice says to the Cheshire cat, would you tell me, please, which way I had to go from here? And the cat says, well, that depends a good deal on where you want to get. And Alice says, I don't much care where. And the Cheshire cat says, and it doesn't much matter which way you go. Any road will take you there. So to negotiate like an attorney, you got to know where you're going. you got to start at that finish line. And then here's a little kicker. Alice says to the Cheshire cat, well, you know, so long as I get somewhere. And the Cheshire cat says, oh, you're sure to do that if only you walk long enough. So get in, get out. Start at the finish line and know what you want know the deal and know your adversary and you're well on your way to negotiating like an attorney. Uh, the second letter, P, S-P-E-A-K, speak. P, present. You've got to be present. You've got to show up. And, and, and what does that mean? I mean, showing up is more than just merely showing up. And I know that a lot of your listeners are going to identify with this. How many of you out there, and I'll ask you, Bill, how many of you out there have driving home, you get off the freeway, and you can't remember how you got home? You're autopilot, yeah. Exactly. You're on autopilot. You're not present. You're not showing up. You aren't there. And I'm not talking about Friday and Saturday nights, man. I'm talking about when you're on your way home from work. So you've got to be present. And let me make it real for you. This is one of my first appearances. This is a long time ago. I was a green attorney, and it was a medical malpractice case. And all the attorneys were sitting up in the jury box and ready to present our case and get going. And there was like 15 or 16 attorneys there. And I was the lead attorney that day. So they called our case and I got up and I had my notes and I'm going through it. And I'm walking into the, into the, into the well to make my presentation. I walk up, I put my portfolio down. I was there. I was on time. I was ready. I knew where I was going. I started at the finish line. I made my appearance 
I looked around and I was the only attorney standing there. And the other 16 attorneys that are in the box, they're all laughing at me because I just made a total fool out of myself. Why? Because I wasn't present. I didn't show up because while I was walking up preparing my opening argument, the clerk says, oh, I'm sorry, counsel. We're going to put you on second call. I didn't hear it because I wasn't present. I didn't show up. And I'll never forget this. I was in front of Judge Wilkerson. And Judge Wilkerson was nicknamed the Razor, not because of his name. This judge was smart. He was shrewd. He was one of the finest judges I've ever appeared in front of. And this guy was a total badass. And I just made a fool out of myself in front of this judge. And, you know, to this day, some of these attorneys don't let me forget it. And Judge Wilkerson still remembers me. So I made a, <laughs> and I, I think fondly, but number two, P, present. You got to show up. You got to be aware. When that door of opportunity opens, you got to be there to walk through it. All right, let's move on. SPE, now we're at E, emotions. You got to keep your emotions at bay. And, you know, that's probably the biggest reason why people hire attorneys. And the old adage is amongst attorneys, any attorney that represents himself, as a fool for an attorney and a fool for a client because we get emotionally invested and you want to be vested in the journey, but you want to be detached from the outcome. I'll say that again, be vested in the journey, but be detached from the outcome. And you know, it's just that simple folks, but it sure isn't easy. And the best example I've got is family law, family law. These people who once loved each other go into court, they destroy their finances, they ruin their families, they scar their children. Why? Because emotions are involved. And what's it all about? I'm gonna make that, that dirty bird pay. I'm gonna make that man pay. I'm gonna, make, I'm gonna make her pay for what they did to me. And once you become emotionally invested in the outcome, once your emotions take over, now you are making your decisions from an emotional position. You can have emotional content. You can be passionate about it, but you can't allow your emotions to take over and make your decisions for you. Well, you and know, the best, interesting yeah, about go ahead, that go ahead. is so this is a stress podcast. So, and I go time and time again is uh, when we're in stress, we can't use our cortical thinking. We have to use our reptilian brain because that's just the, the limbic system and reflexes. So you're not going to be good at that. So this is a, a perfect reiteration of what I've said in just about every podcast up until this point. So another point B, I have an official judge telling me that I'm right. So let it be written. Let it be <laughs> so written. <laughs> I was getting that Yul Brenner. <laughs> and, you know, and it's so true. It's so true. And, and people say, well, geez, Robert, I mean, how do I do that? And uh, my father, God, God rest him, wisest, most courageous man that God ever put on this planet. I miss him dearly. Um, he said he was a musician and he was so charismatic and he was so knowledgeable. And he would tell me stories. He's a Highlander, like I am, uh, obviously. And he would tell me stories by analogy. He, I mean, uh, he would make his points by analogy. He would make his points by stories. And I, I forgot what I'd say. I'm like, Dad, how do I do that? And he said, well, 
apparently there was a visitor to Manhattan. I'm like, oh gosh, here we go again, Dad. What do you? We should just tell just the answer to my question. He says, no, I'm going somewhere with this, and I don't know if it's true or not. But apparently, this woman was was visiting Manhattan, and she stopped a New Yorker on the street and said, uh, "Pardon me, sir, but but do you know how to get to Carnegie Hall?" And wouldn't you know it, the man that she stopped was Leonard Bernstein, the conductor. And when she said, "How do you get to Carnegie Hall?" He, without missing a beat, stormed past her and he says, "Practice, madam. You practice." <laughs> and. So when people ask me, Robert, you know, how do you control your emotions? You, you have to practice. You've got to, and again, if you start at the finish line and you're prepared, that helps you with your emotional positioning. And uh, as I said before, I was a K-1 prize fighter when I was young. And Bruce Lee, I trained with Bruce Lee's business partner, Guruadan and Asano, just a few years after Bruce had passed away. Of course, I was very young. And uh, Enter the Dragon is one of my favorite martial arts movies. And Bruce Lee is teaching a student, and they're sparring a little bit. And he says to the student, he says, I want you to kick me with emotional content. And of course, the young man gets a little upset, and he gets angry, and he goes to kick Bruce Lee. He just smacks him on the head. He says, I told you to kick me with emotional content, not anger. And that's the difference. We want the emotional content because it makes us passionate. There's a difference between being righteously indignant and being over the top full of rage and anger. One we want, one we do not. So be vested in the journey and be detached from the outcome. And that's another one of the pillars to learn how to negotiate like an attorney. Let's keep moving on. A, S-P-E-A, A, ask. If you don't ask, the answer is always, and I mean always, will be no. So the best negotiation always happens on the car ride home. I uh, mean, I should have said this. I, man, I should. Why didn't I ask for that? I should have asked for that. I didn't. And the question then becomes, why? And here's, here's another uh, ironic point for you. That I've talked to influencers. I've talked to motivational speakers. And they come to me and they're like, you know, yeah, what do I do? My attorney's too much money. I got to learn how to do this myself. What's going on? And then I ask them, why didn't you ask? And the answer is always, I don't know. I don't know why. And so, of course, I dig a little deeper. And finally, I pull it out of them, kicking and screaming. The two biggest reasons why I find people don't ask. Number one, fear. That reptilian brain response. They're afraid. And what are they afraid of? They're afraid of losing the deal. Maybe they're afraid of losing face, looking foolish like I did with Judge Razor. Uh, you've got to identify what, what you're afraid of. What is it? And you have to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't ask, the answer will always be no. The second thing that I found with my clients is what I've termed deservability. And, you know, deservability is, I just didn't, I, I didn't think I deserved it, Robert. I didn't think I was worth it. I didn't think I was, I thought it was worth 250 bucks, not five grand. That's why. And in the in feedback and, you know, the, the behavior and, you know, Landmark or Tony Robbins, we all talk about that little voice that we hear in our head, that little voice that's telling us we're not good enough. We don't deserve it. And even though, you know, I'm a pro tem judge and I'm a litigating attorney and I've been through the ringer on so many levels, 
I don't have a little voice in my head. I have the Mormon friggin' tabernacle choir <laughs> singing to me how I am not deserving. It's human nature and we all do it. So you are worth it. You've worked hard for that deal. You are worth the bigger price. So those are the two things that really hold people back from asking. Fear, and usually it's afraid of losing the deal, losing face, looking foolish, uh, being told no. And the second one is deservability. I just don't deserve it. And I'm here to tell you that you do. All right, let's go on to the final one, which is K of S-P-E-A-K, speak. How to speak like an attorney, how to negotiate like an attorney. K is this, keep your power. Keep your power. Always be willing to walk away from the deal. And your power is in your willingness to walk away. Uh, and again, we kind of come full circle where people, they get emotionally invested. And I just, I just want to make that other guy pay. I want justice. It's all about the principle. And if you're not willing to walk away from the deal, you are losing your power. And the best example I've got, I'll make it real for your listeners. I had one client that wanted to buy this, this, uh, this business. And he was really invested. He wanted this business for a whole host of reasons. And as we were going through the process, the deal looked worse and worse and worse. And I told my client, I'm like, look, this is not, maybe not a deal you want right now. There's a lot of drama involved. There's a lot of cleanup involved. Uh, he's not telling you everything. You know, things like this. Because I'm trying to protect my client. And this client just would not walk away. Would not do it. And so he got what he wanted. He started to finish line, man. He got it. But he wasn't willing to walk away. And as a result, he got this business. And over the ensuing years, I mean, he put a horrible amount of money into it. Destroyed him financially. Destroyed his health with the stress and the pressure and not sleeping, et cetera, et cetera. Cost him his relationship. Cost him everything. Because he wasn't willing to walk away from that deal. And you talk about stress. I mean, three, four years of living in fear and being stressed and fighting with his wife and losing money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So always be willing to walk away from your deal. So those are the five pillars and you got to have all five of them. And what they are, remember the acronym to speak. Speak like an attorney, negotiate like an attorney, and stop leaving money on the table. One, start at the finish line. P, present, show up. You got to be there. E, Emotions, keep your emotions at bay. A, ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. And K, keep your power. Always be willing to walk away. There they are. Wow, that's amazing. So I got a, I got a question with that. Um, so before you start going into negotiations, should you have this all planned out about, okay, this is, this is what I want. This is what I'll settle for. Uh, this is one, these are deal breakers. I'm walking away. Um, I'm not going to get emotional and you kind of run through the playbook. They're going to call me a cotton headed Dindy Muggin and I'm, I'm not going to move. Uh, do, do, is this all planned out? Absolutely. The infamous legal pad that you see under the arm of every single attorney. We write these things down even as a judge. I have a happy face and the happy face has the slash through it with the closed mouth and the X's over it stitched close. Keep your mouth shut. It reminds me I'm not, that's not facing them. It's facing me. 
it reminds me to keep my mouth closed. It reminds me to keep my emotions at bay so that I can be a better judge. So whatever works for the individual, I highly recommend absolutely. This is what I want. You do your research. This is what I want. This is what the deal looks like. This is what I'm willing to give up. These are deal breakers. If I don't get one, two, and three, then I'm walking away from the deal. So these are things that you have to practice. And not just practice, you have to master them. And that's a very efficient tool is to write things down. Make it real for yourself. Because if you walk into a negotiation and you don't even know what you want, you're dead meat. Especially, especially if you're negotiating against me. <laughs> a man with a plan. Absolutely. The modern day Sun Tzu. So, so how would you suggest that we practice that? I mean, um, now we're, we're talking to, not attorneys, we're talking to Jim and Joe Americana, um, you know, we got the two and a half kids and the picket fence and the dog and the noisy neighbor. What, what's an everyday negotiation? How are, how are they using this? Um, that's, that's a great question. I mean, without following somebody around, I mean, I can negotiate for somebody all day long, all day, every day. I charge 500 bucks an hour, so that's not, that's not going to work out too well. Um, but yeah, you do have to practice it. And you can practice it the way that you practice anything. Sitting down and writing things out, that's a great way to practice. Make sure you know what's going on. Um, notes to yourself to keep your emotions at bay, whatever works for you. And you have to practice all five pillars when you go into negotiation. So you can do it a lot of different ways, of course, like we're doing right now. Uh, even though we're not technically negotiating, I'm running through these things in my mind. These things are old hat to me, but still, it's the repetition that helps. So, so we're, you, we're doing this with the, the babysitter and the cable bill, um, credit card in, interest rates. Mm -hmm. And I think in a conversation we had before is that if we're cognizant of this stuff, and maybe it's four or five bucks off a dinner bill. Mm -hmm times five or six times a week times 52 times you know it adds up right what would you do with that extra five grand ten yeah. grand you know and think about it out there in listeners world think about it what would you do would you take your wife on the the honeymoon vacation you promised her would you take your kids to disneyland would you invest in that ira for your financial future what would you do with it and again, it comes down to the big three, health, fit, uh, health, finances, and relationships. So it does add up. And uh, going back to Bob and Flo, uh, we were walking out of original Pancake House. And Bob said to me, he goes, hey, Robert, aren't you over 55? And I'm like, yeah, you did. Don't, don't broadcast that. But thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. And he says, yeah, me and Flo are too. And, you know, here we are. I'm a negotiator. It's what I do for a living. And I walked out of the pancake house and I forgot to ask for that discount. I mean, it was only, you know, 15 bucks, but 15 bucks adds up. So again, being present, there it is again. It just arose. You got to be present. And when you're negotiating, speak. I'm speaking like an attorney. I'm negotiating like an attorney. So that's the best way to practice is to do it. And we're doing it on a daily basis, whether it's your four-year-old or whether you're negotiating with the labor union or you're negotiating for that job interview 
or that pay raise, or even just asking for the discount or the free cup of coffee at Starbucks. It's all negotiations. I, I think I think that's this is gold, and I was so excited to have you on here to share this because the cool thing about my life, which makes me really happy, I get to have these conversations with people all the time, and like I said we'll go down the rabbit hole, and there was so so much other stuff that you were talking about that's even more applicable or just as applicable in in life and stress reduction and overall life happiness. I want to have you back on uh, here to follow up with that because um, there, there's, um, there's a little cliffhanger for all the listeners out there is uh, you don't know what you don't know, but pay attention next time we have Robert on because there's like really cool stuff out there. But when would, so we're, we're practicing this every day and I'm, I'm baby, I'm, um, I'm negotiating with the babysitter my cable bill, uh, my buying a car. When is it time to get an attorney or an expert in the field where it would probably be in our best interest not to do it ourselves? Well, if we are negotiating the purchase price of a car and the deal doesn't happen, you're walking away. When you hire an attorney is when there's actual conflict and the only litigation is always a last resort. Always, 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 always. And uh, yeah, maybe I can be disbarred for telling people that. <laughs> but, but attorneys, especially in today's environment, it's always a last resort. Because litigation, it's impacted. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. And it takes a lot of money. And it takes a huge toll on people as well. So litigation is not easy. It's very stressful. And as attorneys, among the more unscrupulous attorneys. Here's a great example. So we're in litigation, and I was, uh, I was defending, and this plaintiff's attorney was really coming after my client. I mean, personal attacks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, I'm gonna step in and protect my client, because that's not appropriate. And at the end of the deposition, you know, I pulled the attorney aside, I'm like, man, you know, what, what are you doing? And he said to me, it was off the record, of course, this attorney said to me, well, I want to make sure that your client understands just how unpleasant I'm going to make this trial for him. And his goal was to make it so unpleasant that my client would say, you know what, just settle the case. I, I can't do this. And it's a tactic that is favored amongst the more unscrupulous litigating attorneys. It's not one that I favor, of course. Uh, but litigation is problematic. It is a last resort. And sometimes it's the only resort you've got. Either you wipe it off your shoes and you walk on down the road and take the hit, or you take them to court and you throw it down. But if you do go to litigation, you've got to have the money to do it. And the more complex the litigation is, the more expensive it's going to be. Uh, in Orange County, the average is about 18 months on the average case. So you're looking at about two years from start to finish. Uh, LA, it's a little bit longer. It's a bigger uh, judicial area. Um, Los Angeles County, where I'm a pro tem judge, is the largest judicial system on the planet. They are number one. There's like 786 judges right now. So if you're in LA, you're going to be going a little bit longer. So it's very time consuming. It is very stressful. Uh, I've watched families get torn apart over it. I'm not talking about family law. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about other litigation where it just becomes so stressful. The money gets tight. 
the couple starts to fight, they get divorced, the, it, it can get really ugly. So it needs to be a last resort. And if you're in small claims court, attorneys aren't allowed. But if you're not in small claims court, if you're going to trial, get an attorney. If you don't know what you're doing, you might as well just not even bother. So it's kind so of that's like the lay in the land. You have to know the ins and outs of what you're negotiating for. Correct. Because, Correct. Yeah. If you don't so li that. yeah, yeah. Litigation. I mean, technically, litigation is one big negotiation, from scheduling depositions to doing the discovery. And discovery is always the most important, most expensive part. Uh, negotiating a settlement. It's constant negotiation. Um, but leading up to litigation, yeah. If if you have any other resort, I, I'd highly recommend it. Unless you've got the time, the energy, and the money. Well, awesome. Well, I'm going to be respectful of your time here. Like I said, we could, I, I could talk to you forever. We're definitely going to have to have you back. Um, so, people out there, they're. I hate to like give them all this information and have mm -hmm. them pumping at the bit and just going, okay. Well, I, I got the the five pillars. I want to know more about this. How can they contact you and and kind of play with you more if they need if they want to? Um, you know, I I make this offer and I don't make it lightly. Uh, I'm willing to you know if they've got a negotiation going on or they want to discuss one thing, I'll, I'll give them a brief amount of my time and I'm happy to do so. You, uh, one on one. I'm sorry. One on one. One on one. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, and two things. One is I'm going to give you my cell phone and feel free to text me or to email me or to uh, call me. Uh, but they have to tell me that they're one of your listeners so that I know where they came from. I don't just give this information away for free, but I'm happy to do it for your listeners. So there's the caveats. Uh, oh, the second caveat is that it is a 702 number. As you might recall, I was a uh, mediator for the Supreme Court. So the second caveat is you cannot ask me if I come from Vegas. I do not. I grew up on the waves of Southern California, and I'm happy to be home. So there's the two caveats, and here's my cell phone number for your listeners, 702-506-5183. I'm going to give it to you one more time, 702-506-5183. Awesome. That's so cool. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This is Dr. Bill Janishak, and the, you've been listening to the Conquering Stress Podcast. If you like this, if you got some value out of it, uh, hit like, uh, subscribe, and share this knowledge. And until next time, peace out. <laughs>